You are listening to The 1% Christian, the daily Bible study where we get together for 1% of our day. We study God's Word, and we head out to the remaining 99% to do something amazing with this life that He's given us. I am Pastor J.D. Ambrosio with Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. I invite you to check us out at soh.church. You can learn about our service times. You can watch our live streams. You can find our mobile app. Definitely invite you to check that out. We've got a free digital Bible, but it's a lot more than that. It's an online community that you can take part in. You can chat with us. You can ask questions, talk about the Bible, uh, prayer requests, you name it. And you can find that anywhere where you get your apps on Android, on Apple stores. And last but not least, if you're listening where you find podcasts, give a like, give a share, subscribe. It helps us out a lot, uh, helps us to get out in front of more folks. And I know I've been blessed by this study. The feedback that I've been getting from all of you is that you're blessed as well. And that's awesome. That's why we are going to continue beyond the gospel of John. And I'll make a couple announcements on that over the next couple of days. But we have an extremely, extremely important uh, part of scripture. Over the last few days, we have been studying the final days of Jesus's earthly ministry, uh, where he was arrested. And uh, yesterday we learned of what transpired when he was stood before Pontius Pilate. And today we know that Pilate ultimately made a, a fateful decision and sent him off to be crucified. And he did so reluctantly. He didn't find any faults in Jesus. Yet the Jewish leaders demanded, kept screaming, crucify him, crucify him. Even threatened Pilate that if he didn't crucify Jesus, because Jesus claimed to be king, that he was no friend of Caesar's, which was a term that was used being a friend of Caesar uh, in terms of being a a good citizen. And uh, they threatened Pilate with that. And we know from history, not even just biblical record, but historical record that Pilate had his troubles with the Jewish people as they began to rise up and want Rome to stop occupying the area. And ultimately, Pilate was given a choice, either get the Jewish people in line or pay the price. And the Jewish people knew that, so they exploited it. And here we are. The King of Kings has been beaten. He's been mocked. He is now being condemned and crucified. And by the time we're done with this chapter, we'll see him buried. I want to talk quickly about crucifixion itself. The word crucifixion is actually where we get the word excruciating. And it was a type of execution that was believed to be invented by the Persians, or at least made popular by the Persians. And then in the various wars, Rome discovered it and the Romans perfected it. And they set aside this type of punishment, this death sentence for only the lowest of the low, for slaves, for disgraced soldiers, for political prisoners. It's why Barabbas was in line to be killed. And if you remember, they chose 
Barabbas to be freed over Jesus. So Pilate sends Jesus off to his death, and that's where we start today. Starting with verse 16. So the soldiers took charge of Jesus. Carrying his own cross, he went out to the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. The way Romans did it, they basically had the prisoner, the condemned individual, hold the bar, the bar of the cross. And it's likely that the actual uh, vertical pole was already set in its place. So after being scourged, beaten with what was known as cat and nine tails, leather, with bits of bone, bits of metal. And it wasn't uncommon for people to die being scourged. That wasn't a rarity at all. And Jesus is whipped along his back. He was stripped down. He was whipped along his back against the backs of his legs. Now he's made to carry his cross. And the other gospels detail what that trek is like a little bit. John kind of moves it forward here. And we'll get to the other accounts at some point as well. But we know it must have been an excruciating walk. In verse 18, it says, There they crucified him with two others, one on each side, with Jesus in the middle. Jesus at the center of everything. So he's crucified with two men. And it could take anywhere from six hours to four days to die. Really, depending upon how they crucified you, there was multiple ways of doing it. And if you do a study, you'll see that there's debate about how it was done, where the nails went. We won't get into all that right now. But they, you would die, you could die from several ways, from internal injuries, from asphyxiation, something called uh, hypo, I think it's hypovolemic shock, where you would get what's called pericardial or, or pleural effusion, where fluid would build up. Just remember that because we'll get to that in a second. Fluid would build up around the heart and around the, the lungs. The Roman historian Tacitus described this type of death as only for slaves. And you know how they felt about slaves. So for him to say that, you have to know it was abysmal. and It was embarrassing. It was humiliating. And Jesus had to carry his own cross just as everyone else did. And these two men that were side by side with Jesus in the middle, they deserved it. And you know, maybe you may or may not know the account. One of them started to mock Jesus. The other one defended Jesus. And I'm not going to get a lot into that. Tomorrow, actually, what we're going to do is we're going to take a day and we're going to detract from the overall teaching. I was going to surprise you on it, but I guess I'm going to mention it now. And we're going to go through some of the intricacies of what happened on the cross. Today, we're going to fly over it a little bit. And then tomorrow, we're going to dig into the mindset of Jesus. We're going to 
dig into the heart of Jesus as he was on the cross. And it was Roman custom for them to put the actual crime that you committed above you. So everybody walking by would know. And think of how effective this was if if you were walking by and you see this condemned person in the most excruciating pain that you could possibly imagine. And then you saw what that person did to get to that point. Chances are you might decide against it if you were thinking about doing that thing, whether whether it was stealing, whether it was uh, deserting your post as a as a soldier, whether it was murder. And Pilate, verse nineteen, had noticed had a notice prepared and fastened to the cross. It read, "Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews." And many of the Jews read the sign. For the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and the sign was written in Aramaic, Latin, and Greek. So Pilate wasn't playing around. Pilate wanted everybody to read this. And he wrote it in the three main languages that were spoken. And that didn't make uh, the Jewish people happy. The chief priests protested to Pilate, do not write the king of the Jews, but that this man claimed to be the king of the Jews. And Pilate looks at him, them and says, verse 22, what I have written, I have written. So finally, we get a little bit of backbone here from Pilate. Pilate was appeasing the crowds this whole time, really out of self-preservation. But now he says enough is enough. And I guess it's a little bit too late. But he does this obviously to irritate, to somewhat mock. But it has more significance than that because most everybody had their crime put over their head. Jesus had the truth. And if you remember what Pilate asked, Pilate asked, what is truth? And the truth was Jesus was the king of the Jews. He was but more. He was more than that. He's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So we continue now with verse 23. When the soldiers crucified Jesus, they took off his clothes, dividing them into four shares, one for each of them, with the undergarment remaining. This garment was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. Verse 24 says, let's not tear it, they said to one another. Let's decide by lot who will get it. This happened so that the scripture might be fulfilled that said, they divide my clothes among them and cast my lots for my garment. So this is what the soldiers did. That was a quote from Psalm 22. And especially with what we're going to study tomorrow, I want you to remember that. Remember Psalm 22. Because that was prophesied many, many years before. Jesus fulfilled over 300 prophecies. So they're dividing up his clothes. And think about that for a second. He's up there in absolute agony. And they are sitting there gambling for his clothes. Mocking him. In verse 25, it says, Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother. You want to talk about suffering. His mother's sister. Mary, the wife of Clopas and Mary Magdalene. And when Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved, which we know was John, that's how he referred to himself, standing nearby, he said to her, woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, 
here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his home. So even in his agony, even in his pain and his suffering and his being mocked and him fulfilling everything that he had to do, Jesus was taking care of his own. And that was another powerful gesture that we'll get into tomorrow. Later, knowing that everything now had been finished. So now Jesus is on the cross, beaten, scourged, hanging there, being mocked by, even being mocked by the prisoner next to him and being loved by the other. It says later, knowing that everything had now been finished, what had been finished, the Lamb of God had taken away the sins of the world. He's paying the ultimate price as we come up to the 1% here. And so that the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of a hyssop plant, and lifted it up to the lips of Jesus. And when he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. And with that, he bowed his head and he gave up his spirit. It is finished. And with that, he gave up his spirit. And the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the one who did not come to condemn the world, but came to save the world. And not just those that liked him, not just those that he liked, everyone. We know he looks down from that cross and instead of being filled with rage and anger, and if it was you or me, we probably would have, you know, probably would have been a a big fist coming down from heaven and just squashing everybody. I I can't say I wouldn't have made that decision, but he didn't. If you remember the very first chapter, when the word became flesh, he didn't come in wrath. He didn't come in judgment. He didn't come to destroy. He didn't come in vengeance. He came in what? Do you remember? Grace and truth. Grace and truth. And he said, I'm thirsty. And they gave him something to drink. And knowing that Everything was finished. He gave up his spirit. And at that time, all the evil in the world believed that it had won. But Sunday was coming. And that's what I just is on my heart to share with you. That it may seem like all is lost, but it's not. Sunday was coming. In that moment where it seems like nothing is going the way it's supposed to. God is working. No matter what it looks like to our eyes. There's a purpose. And our Savior took it all for us. He bore our iniquities. He became our sicknesses, our infirmities, our the worst of us. He took it all on that cross, the perfect sacrifice. And tomorrow what we're going to do 
is we're going to go through the words of Jesus on the cross. And we're going to get a better understanding of his heart. Because what does scripture say? What did he say to the Pharisees? He said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So I look forward to you joining me tomorrow. We're going to take a few extra minutes tomorrow. It's not going to, it's going to be a little bit longer than 1%, but it's going to be worth it. And it's going to be an awesome way to honor God and study him by the words that he spoke at this critical time on the cross. Let's pray. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, we have very few words. And we'll echo what we said yesterday. Thank you. We look at what you did on the cross and it's just, it's amazing. It's amazing. And it's humbling that you would love us so much. That God, you love the world so much that you gave your only son. That all we need to do is look to him, to believe in him. And we will never perish, but we'll have eternal life. In Jesus' mighty name. I'm Pastor J.D. Ambrosio with Sound of Heaven Church. Check us out at SOH.Church. You're listening to The 1% Christian. We'll see you tomorrow. I love you guys.